0: Good morning you can sit uh, or be seated as how it's supposed to be said I know we are going to be uh, in uh, in the Christmas story today but it's not what you think we're going to be in uh, actually Genesis chapter 22 in Genesis chapter 22 is where we're going to be and what I thought is we we would walk through a little bit of the Christmas story from a different perspective from the perspective of what God has done through Abram So this Christmas, let us remember the purpose for what Jesus came. He came to be born, He came to die. This, he was not some defenseless king, but the omnipotent, powerful sovereign savior who died upon a tree, was buried and rose again, and now is seated at the right hand of the throne on high, he is again retaken his throne. The birth is important to the gospel, but without the cross the birth would be useless. The cross is a key to the good news, but without the birth and the death it would be useless. The resurrection is a key for the evangel, but it could not come without the birth birth, the cross and his death. The ascension is an important aspect that cannot be ignored. But with the birth, the cross, the death, and the resurrection, it too would be useless. Because really, there's something bigger that we do not see. You know, we say that Christmas is the reason for the season, and rightly so, it is. But Christmas is actually the beginning of the Easter season. It's the beginning of the resurrection season, when we come to see a risen Savior, who is risen, and is risen indeed. So, yeah, without the the entirety of the scriptures, the entirety of the word of God proclaiming the coming seed that would be that would crush the serpent and the seed, all that the serpent would be able to do is just nip at his heel. So we see the resurrection as this conquering king has come to do what only he can do. But guys, when we look at the entirety of Scripture, the birth, the cross, the resurrection, the, the death and resurrection, the ascension, all are useless without the word of God, which has proclaimed it all. Which has because ident- remember, the gospel is not written in a vacuum. It's written in the entirety of Scripture, entrenched in the whole word of God from before creation to after revelation. It is a pre-planned event and we have to understand our story began long ago and before the foundations of the world before one rock one tree before he made you and me there was a plan to send this amazing savior which means that even the fall was part of God's amazing plan the fall happened and God provided a covering for sin, covered the nakedness of Adam and Eve through the shed blood, something had to die so that they could be covered, so that their nakedness would no longer be seen. Remember, they tried to cover up themselves with a fig leaf, but guys, if you've ever noticed when you touch a rose petal and you just touch it, it immediately begins to wilt because of the oils in your skin so let's just say those weren't enough that's why they hid they could not cover their shame and what god has done is covered their shame but it was temporary in the curse of the serpent this promised seed would come and crush this serpent by the way in the curse is a promise do you guys catch that an amazing promise of a coming savior that one day will defeat the serpent by the way The battle was won before creation. And so fast forward a little bit. God calls Abram out of the land in chapter 12 of Genesis. He calls him to go to a land and he goes to the land. But in the call, there's this amazing blessing for the people, all the families of the earth shall be blessed through his seed. And Christ is that seed. The same seed that will crush the serpent is the same seed that will have blessings upon the people and the nations. Because God is doing a great work, or has done, if you want to say. Fast forward yet again. We fast forward to chapter 22, and we'll see the Christmas story continued, but not in the way you think. We're not going to talk about the manger, though the manger is important. We're not going to talk about it because I want you to see Christmas in the text. In seminary, we were taught we should be we should be preaching Christ all the time. In every text, all of scripture proclaims the coming king. And one day he will come again. And he will usher his people into life eternally. But those who do not know him. There's a different place. Guys, we need to be concerned about the gospel. So let's see what this all has to do with the Christmas story. It's not about the birth of Christ alone, though that is important. It's, it's not only about the death of Christ, and that is important. It is key. The resurrection is key, but without the entirety of Scripture, how do we even know it's going to come? And so there's a beauty here before creation, all the way to the end of Revelation, there's a beauty. Before we get to 22, I wanna wanna set the stage a little more. In Ephesians chapter one, verse four, according as he hath chosen us in him, listen to the words, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Before, when? The foundation of the world. He chose us who believe in him. Before forming one rock, one tree, one bird, one bee. He did it. Because he could. He's an amazing sovereign king. Revelation 13.8. I know I'm going fast. This is like rapid fire, I know. But that's okay. You guys should be used to that by now. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Guys, the hymn here is not Christ. Watch what it says. "This Whose names are what? Not written in the book of life. Not written in the book of life of what? Of the Lamb. That was what? That was slain. Slain when? From the foundation of the world. So there's an amazing story wrapped up in all of scripture. So the verse... All those names that bow down and worship this image are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That was written. Guys, it was pre-written. It was pre-written. He died before the foundation of the world for God had a plan and a purpose of redemption before creation, before the fall, to redeem fallen man through the death of his seed, through the death of his son. Guys, we can see this seed all over scripture. Isaiah talks about it. Isaiah 53, I think it's verse 11. And he shall look on the suffering of his his seed and be satisfied. Wrath paid in full. Penalty done away through the Christ that would come. And I know you're wondering, okay, we're supposed to be in uh, in Genesis chapter 22, and we are. So let's go to the word of God. If you're able to stand, we're going to read Genesis chapter 22. If you're able to stand, please do. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son. Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham arose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day... Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye he, he here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come back to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon his, Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both, and went both of them together. Let's pray. Father, be glorified, be lifted up, be honored, and endured. Lord God, help this not to be a cr- uh, well-crafted uh, tre- uh, treatise, Lord God. A well-crafted paper. Help this to be your word proclaimed. So that we would learn and grow and change according to your likeness. So that we get excited about the gospel that is on every page of scripture. I pray that you have your way, of your glory. Father, I ask that you would be... Lifted up, honored and adored. Help us to look past the baby in the manger. Help us to see the Christ that would come. The seed that would bring salvation. So, Lord God, have your way in us today. Father, because you are good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Okay, so Moses wrote Genesis 22 to show that God had tested Abraham so he could bless Abraham. And listen, not just Abraham, but his people with his seed. So today what are you going to learn? Today we'll see that God has blessed us through Abraham with his seed, Christ. And the true reason for the season is the Christ, the coming one. The anointed one, the Messiah. There's this beauty here. So that's what we celebrate. We don't celebrate a defenseless baby, but a powerful king. Think about that. Guys, people say, oh, he was so defenseless in that manger. No, he wasn't. God's hand was upon him. And so God protects his son. So Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Okay? Uh, is where we're going to begin. So God has blessed us through, through Abraham with Christ. Think that through. Ponder that. It's the only truth you're going to have today. Because really, guys, it's the truth that matters, that Christ is the reason for all things. Genesis 22, verse 1 says, And it came to pass, after these things, that God did tempt Abram, Abraham, and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am, and it came to pass. it just happened to be by some koinky dink. no, God planned it this way. God has a guys even Christ was crucified by the predetermined plan of God by the hands of wicked men acts chapter twenty uh, two two twenty two you can read that when you get a chance? have fun, okay, so after Abraham sent away Ishmael, God provided for the lad, and given given by Hagar, and the Ishmael, they gave him water. And then Abraham made an agreement with Abimelech to build a well. And he dwelt with his family in the land of the Philistines. God did tempt and test Abraham. He called Abraham by name. By name, this is not. I wonder who will answer me today. He called him by name, and Abraham quickly answered. By the way, he answered. Quickly, here I am. See me. And God asked him an odd request. Actually, a kind of scary request. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 2 says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So he asked Abraham to take the son he had waited for so long for, take him to a mountain and slay him, kill him as a burnt offering. By the way, I want you to notice the language. It'll come back. Thine only son, Isaac, thine only son. Keep that in mind as we walk forward. Okay, so he, he tells him to go to the man Moriah and kill his son. He tells Abraham to take the son whom he loves. And God knows he loves him. The son whom you love and offer him as a, as, a, as a burnt offering, as a sacrifice. God tells him to do it. And it's a hard story, isn't it? It's a really hard story. And yet, Abraham responds to this request very interestingly. He actually obeys. I mean, how, how amazing is that? He's told something and he obeys. Oh man, what would it look like if the church would do that? Okay, too much? Sorry. Okay, so Genesis chapter 22, verse 3. And Abram arose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and the clave and clave the wood for the burnt offering rose up and went into the place a witch God had told him. He gets up and he goes. He gets the wood and he goes. Everything that is needed for a sacrifice. And he goes. Wood for the sacrifice. Everything's prepared. He took it with him. It had to be prepared. I wonder as he's chopping the wood, what was he thinking? As he's, as he's getting everything together, what's going through his mind? Doubts? Fears? And so... He gets up and he goes. He takes the wood. He takes the, 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 uh, this, this burnt offering. And he goes where God told him. Guys, notice what Abraham doesn't do. At least we have no record of it. He does not question God. He just gets up and goes. He gets up and he goes. That's hard. And, and, and so it's really neat. They get to where he's supposed to do this dastardly deed okay this 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 sacrifice of a son and uh Genesis 22 5 says and Abraham said to the young men, abide here with the ass and I and the lab will go yonder and worship and listen and come again to you okay don't miss there's a lot here so he goes through these journey he tells the servants, hey you chill with the donkey okay maybe they had something in common both bullheaded I don't know but And he he says, we are going to go, and we're going to worship, and we are going to come back. Isn't that interesting? He's going there to slay his son. He says, we'll be back. And so, so this is really neat. He presses on, knowing that he will return to his son. Watch what happens in verse uh, 6. Genesis twenty two six And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they both of them went together. They, here they go. Woo! Worship! And uh, he's on a mission from God, and he's doing what God had said, and he, 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 they set out. Isaac is a pretty smart dude, and he's kind of thinking, okay, we got the wood, we got the fire, We got the rope. Dad? You know, something is not right with this picture, Dad, okay? And watch what he does in verse 7. Genesis 22, 7. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, "Here Here am I, son, my son. And he said, Behold the fire, the wood. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Um. What's going to die? And I love, I love, I love this. He asked this question. And the father is so amazing. He goes, hey, dad, I see all this. I I see what we got going on here. And so something is interesting. So dad, I see the fire. I see the wood. But where's the lamb? Okay. The burnt offering was actually missing. You know, and without missing a beat, Dad says this, Genesis 22, 8. And Abraham said, listen, again, powerful words of the gospel are built in here. Uh, and Abraham said, my son, listen, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. And so they, they both of them, went both of them together. God will provide, listen, himself a lamb. And that's exactly what is done. God provides a lamb. And we'll talk about a little more as we go along. So God provided himself a lamb for this burnt offering. And they keep on going. Verse 9. And they came to a place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there. And he laid the wood in order. And he bound his son, Isaac's son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Okay. I think now Isaac knows what the offering is, okay? So he does, he's following through on what God had commanded him to do. He sets up the place where he's gonna burn his boy, this one that he loves, that he he loves. Don't forget that. This is not the annoying child, right? That you sometimes can't stand. By the way, none of us ever think that, I know, okay? Guys, this is who he loved. Think about that. Guys, there's a, this had to be hard. Watch what happens in uh, in verse um, 10. Okay? And Abraham stretched forth forth his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. And I kind of picture something like, you know, arms raised up, about to plunge the dagger in. And uh, I wonder what was going through Isaac's mind. Well, this is slightly uncomfortable. Uh, Dad, are you sure about that? He doesn't say anything. Okay, and so here he is. Why did Abraham go through with this command? Okay, guys, he knew that God who gave him his son is going to be God who lets him continue to have his son. He knows this. He knows that he would return with the Son one way or another. One way or another, he's going to return with the Son. I want you to listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews eleven seventeen 17 actually sheds a lot of light on this passage. Uh, Hebrews 11, 17, uh, uh, 17, 18, and 19. Listen. By faith. Listen again. By faith. Pastor Jim has been preaching justification by faith faith I wish I could remember the acronym but I can't but by faith when he was tried or when he was tested offered up Isaac listen and that he had received the promises offered up of his only son his only begotten son notice the language only begotten son okay of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, Accounting that God, listen, was able to raise him up even from the dead. So, from whence also he received him in a figure. So, he was going through what God had commanded him to do. And he knew that God would provide either way. God would provide either way. That Isaac either should not die or God would raise him from the dead. 21-11, 22-11 21-11, says this. It's really neat. So here he is. I think I just did that, but it's okay. Yes. Yeah. So here he is, knife up. Now, I don't know how they kill a, a, a kid. Uh, you know, I, I don't really think through that much. So all I can tell you is, not so comfortable. Here he is, and watch what happens in 22-12. By the way, and as you're reading this, even though you may have read it so many times, you're going like, no, don't do it, Abraham. But, and he said, "Who said? God said." Listen, the angel of the Lord cries out, and so what's this? Eleven. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, "Abraham, Abraham." And Abraham responds just as quickly as before, and he said, "Here am I. I'm here." And I love it. So this angel of the Lord calls out with the authority of God. It is brilliant with God's authority, because the angel of the Lord is also God. We'll talk about that a little more as we go. Um, so Genesis 22:12 says, "And he said, "Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son." Thine only son from me. So he's speaking with this authority. Now I know, Abraham. He knew that Abraham would do what he was called to do. But I know you are not going to, you, 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 you fear me. Okay? He commands him not to lay a hand on the boy, not to do anything to harm him at all. Why this test? It's a test. That's all. We don't have to super spiritualize it. God did not kill his son. But he does something interesting, which is, which is really brilliant, by the way. Because it, it's, it's like, remember, if you don't look at all the scripture, this isn't this why we do expository preaching? Isn't this why we explain verse by verse and text by text? If you don't look in the entire context of scripture, you miss the gospel. He missed the gospel. And so for now, the angel Lord says he knows that he fears God. And he, and I love it. He says, you did not withhold your only son from me. Brilliant. Genesis twenty two thirteen, 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. And Abram went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. There was a substitute. There was a ram caught in the thicket. He did not have to sacrifice his son. God provided himself a sacrifice. Brilliant. Brilliant gospel. There's, there's a gospel story here. Okay? So Abram lifts up his eyes. He's looking around him. Just so happens to be a Ram. Wow, what a dick. I wonder why he didn't see him before. And so Abraham went there to sacrifice. The sacrifice was not his son, but a substitute was given. Something else died in the place of his son. Anyone seeing a substitutionary death? Anyone seeing a, a gospel imagery or gospel type? And so, and I love this. God provided the replacement, a substitute to die in the place of Isaac. And listen, I'm not sure that Ram wanted to be there, but God provided. And so Genesis 22:14, and Abraham called the name of that place. Listen to what he calls it: Jehovah Jireh. It is said to this day, in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be seen, dies. Jehovah Jireh is really neat. It's God provides. Or the Lord provider. Or the Lord is provision. God provides. There is this beauty here. In Genesis 22:15, 15. And the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham out of heaven a second time. So not once, but twice. Pretty brilliant. And he said, watch this. Watch this. His way to get really, really deep. You got to put up your hip waders. Okay? I think those are what you call the fishing thingies, okay? And the angel of the Lord called Abraham out of heaven a second time and said, by myself I have sworn. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thy only son, I swear by myself, if God swore by anything else other than himself, he would not be God. Whatever he swears upon would be God. So the angel of the Lord here is God. It is the pre-incarnate Christ. It is Christ before he put on human flesh. The angel of the Lord swore by himself, which is further proof that the angel of the Lord is God. It is the Lord God of heaven. It is Christ. The angel of the Lord promises that because he was willing to offer up his son, his only son. Anyone noticing a theme? Only son. Only son. Only begotten son. Only son. Only begotten son. Only son. Only begotten son. Okay, So he promises that this seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. This is what's happening. Genesis twenty-two eighteen, and 18. And in thy seed, listen, in thy seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. I love it. It's really a, a restating of the promise he gave him in chapter 12. That the families of the earth would be blessed through his seed. He's saying it again. Okay, why, why, is the na- why are the nations blessed? Because he obeyed, because he was faithful, because he had faith in God, because by his faith, Pastor Jim told us, Abraham was counted righteous. His beauty in this gospel. So who is this seed? Is it Abraham's son, Isaac? It must, be, uh, it must be the dude after him. I don't know. Uh, Israel. Or maybe David. Okay. Who is this seed? I love it. I watch what he says in two eight, And Abram said, My son, God, will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. And so they both of them went together. God provided himself a lamb. I don't know. Let's see if we can use New Testament here. John chapter 1, verse 29. And the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the... Oh, what is that? how does that go? Behold the... Oh, I don't know. Lamb of God? Who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb.
1: Behold
0: the substitution. Behold the one who has come... To die in the place of sinners. So sinners could be redeemed by the holy and righteous God. There is a beautiful gospel here. Okay. This is John calling Jesus and rightly so the Lamb of God. Lamb of God who doesn't take away sin temporarily. But he puts it to death. So that those who repent and believe the gospel would have life eternal forever. That's kind of beautiful, actually. The Lamb of God does not just temporarily atone for sin. This Lamb, this Christ, this substitution removes the stain of sin. But I want you to think about what God said to Abraham. Take now thy son, thine only son, and sacrifice him in verse 2. God says to him again, thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. You were willing to give me your son. And again, not withheld thy son, thine only son. And, you know, so God did not allow Abraham to kill his own son, his only son, because it wouldn't have accomplished squat. Only the death of the perfect one can rid the world of the stain of sin. And so there's beauty God is the one that provided his son, his only son. I think there's an obscure verse in the New Testament, John three sixteen, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting, always, ever life. Kind of really neat. It's almost the gospel. It's the gospel. It's beautiful. So God does so, this 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 beauty here. This Christ, I so desperately want you to see this Christ. I want you to see him in all his glory. I don't want you to view Christmas as a babe in a manger. Not a defenseless little baby, but a powerful God-man. The Powerful. God, man, who was ordained to die before the foundation of the earth, and that he would save his people, me and you, if we trust and abide in him. He is the perfect sacrifice. When he died, it was once for all, because he is the better sacrifice, the better lamb, he is the better prophet better king. He's just better. He's just better. I want you to listen to what it says in Hebrews 10.10 10. By which we will know, um, will we uh, by the which will we are uh, sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We who believe are sanctified through Christ through the offering of his body on the cross. So that the sin penalty would be paid in full. Guys, this is the gospel. We see glimpses of it everywhere in scripture. There's a song we sang today. I'm not going to sing it because this song is just too high for me. Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the king. He the theme of heaven's praises robed in frail humanity. In our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Look to Christ, who condescended, took on flesh to ransom us. He condescended. He came as one of us. The King of glory put on human flesh to dwell among us. Come behold the wondrous mystery. He, the perfect Son of Man, in His living, in His suffering, never trace or stain of sin. See the true and better Adam. I love that. He's the better Adam. Where Adam failed, Christ prevailed. He's the true and better Adam. See the true and better Adam. Come to save the hellbound man. Christ the great and sure fulfillment of the law. In him we stand. We can sing on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Come behold the wondrous mystery. Christ the Lord upon the tree. In the stead, in the place of ruined sinners, hangs the lamb in Calvary. See the price of our redemption. See the Father's plan unfold. By the way, remember the gospel is a pre-planned event. So it's it's beautiful. See the price of our redemption. See the... Father's plan unfold, bringing many sons to glory, grace unmeasured and love untold. Come behold the wondrous mystery slain by death, the God of life, but no grave could ever restrain him. Praise the Lord, he is alive. What a foretaste of deliverance, how unwavering our hope, Christ in power resurrected, as he will be when he comes. Oh, may this year May this Christmas season, may this time where we do celebrate the birth of Christ, we remember that the birth leads to the death. And the death leads to the grave. And the grave leads to resurrection. And the resurrection leads to ascension, ascension. And one day, when this life is over and all our work is done, we will see him face to face. Our faith will become sight. Guys, we're about to sing Go Tell It on the Mountain. We should be excited about this amazing gospel that we have! So let's be excited. Let us share the gospel. For it is good. It is a good, good plan from a good, good father who sent his good, good son to save wicked, wicked men. But then, those men are not wicked anymore when they trust, do they? Are they? So, with that said, I challenge you to think of Christmas differently this year, not through the eyes of a baby in a manger, but a God who planned it all and purposed it all and intentionally guided every move. Let's pray. Father, you are so good. You're so, so good. Your mercy, Father. Father, endures forever. Oh, Father may you cause each of us today to actually do what the song says and go tell it on the mountain. Okay, maybe Florida doesn't have a lot of mountains, especially Okeechobee. But Lord God, there are dykes, there are there are walkways, there's Walmart. Help us to go and proclaim the good news on the highways and on the byways. That Christ, the baby king, is the God-man who paid the penalty, died, and rose again, and now seated at the right hand of the throne of God, your throne. Father, and your Son did that with joy. Help us to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, and for the joy set for him, endured the cross, despised the sheep, and was seated at his right hand. In Jesus' name, amen. stand as we sing i think